Welcome to the Campus Rec Magazine podcast, Supplier Voice Edition, featuring your host, Rico Francis, the president of Campus Rec Magazine and Peak Media, and special guest, Troy Sherrard, a partner and practice design leader of sports and recreation at Moody Nolan. This episode is brought to you by Moody Nolan, a company that practices responsive architecture, listening intently and analyzing creatively to design spaces that reflect the culture of our clients and the communities they serve. Roy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's good to be here. All right, we're going to start with your personal background. If you can tell us a little about where you grew up, um, some of your early interests, and how you got to where you are uh, today professionally. Um, sure. So first of all, I appreciate you having uh, me here and um, sharing some thoughts. I uh, hope it can be helpful for everyone who's listening. Uh, myself, without going into too much detail, um, uh, we kind of moved all over uh, when we were kids and growing up and through my education. Uh, my father was in hospital administration, so we kind of went along for the ride, uh, which encouraged me to go along, travel and, and want to go to various cities. So uh, I've kind of been all over the place for my formal education uh, from undergrad to graduate school and graduate school, which took me to good old uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, where I started my family. So that's where I call home. Uh, it's always interesting that uh, I guess a key point of my past and as far as interest, my undergrad thesis in architecture school was, believe it or not, a rec center, uh, wow. which I still I still find amusing uh, some 30 years ago. Uh, but here I am still doing it. So I guess it's something that I truly love. Uh, as far as design and architecture, we're always I'm one of the few that it's kind of always been in my head, even though none of my family uh, is in architecture. Uh, but ever since the beginning, I've kind of blended my passions, which have always been around sports. I played soccer my whole life. I enjoy drawing and design. So in my mind, I've got the best career uh, possible. Um, and I've been fortunate through my beginnings of my career to be in the industry, so to speak. All the people I worked with at my first couple Firms, uh, we're all in the industry of, of recreation and university work. So I've kind of been there since day one, uh, and I couldn't uh, enjoy it more. Awesome. I, I always tell new students that I talk to, because I'm regularly at universities, not only designing facilities, but talking to students about professions. And I always tell them to look for synergies in your life. Uh, and that's what you should pursue as your career passion, because you're going to do it for a long time. Yeah. So here I am, 30 years later, still doing it. So... Yeah, it's great advice. So you're a partner. Uh, tell the audience what your job is on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm sure it changes, but sort of what your priorities are and what you typically do. Oh, it's a great question. Um, these days, it takes a lot of smart and creative people to make projects happen. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But personally, my role is I lead our sports and recreation national practice uh, at Moody Nolan, uh, and that can take me anywhere through each particular day. Uh, and like, I guess, most of us, we set priorities for our day and then the day happens and you look back and try to recalibrate what all went down through the day. Uh, but again, my goal is to make everyone else better. Um, I kind of put it in buckets. Uh, there's design, which is our priority. Um, growth. We're always trying to grow our knowledge and our projects. Uh, quality. Quality of our work and excellence is continue to be pursued and then thought leadership. And I tell everybody, we are still a business. We're in the business of architecture. So obviously you got to be profitable. So 
every day we kind of filter through all those, uh, you know, so designing and planning great projects is, is number one priority. Um, growth and pursuing stretch efforts, you know, to try to reach a little farther into the marketplace is, is another priority um, that we try to put effort on. Uh, and you never can go too far with uh, growing your, your, your kind of network and relationships, whether that's clients or consultant partners, because uh, the goal end of the day is we're all trying to get the best design outcomes. Um, so that's something that's a focus. Uh, and then not, not last, but li not least, but the goal is to create a, a culture within our firm that continues to allow everyone to do their best work and to everyone feel like they're part of the, the efforts and, you know, support with mentorship through the way. So long-winded way to say of every day, it's something new, but it all fits in those five or six categories uh, as much as possible. Okay. Let's, let's talk about Moody Nolan specifically. Um, there, you know, there's a lot of other firms, um, particularly in the campus rec space. What makes Moody Nolan unique? Oh, good question. I'd say there's about four or five things that make us unique, but um, so we always like to say we're architects without egos. Um, we also are, our staff is, we have a very diverse staff, uh, which I can touch base on. Uh, we say that we understand the whole student. It's not just about campus recreation, it's about understanding uh, the whole student and then uh, how we're structured. So first of all, I'd say architects without egos. We always say that because we're very collaborative. Uh, we team on most of our work. Uh, buildings, whether they're campus recreation or whatever, they're more complex now, uh, as well as are the project solutions. So it's all about solving problems and creating new student experiences, uh, you know, high performance buildings, all that. So again, if you approach it with an open mind and bring everyone to the table, uh, which has always been the culture at Moody Nolan. So Architects Without Egos is probably the best way to make, uh, describe our firm. Uh, clearly the uh, diversity of our staff is critical. Uh, you know, 43% of our staff is minority and 46% of our staff is women. Uh, so this, this has evolved over the last 40 years. This is not something that's just happened in the last couple of years. So, uh, to me, it's more than just race and gender, uh, which is kind of the focus now in the world, it seems, but it's also a balance of seasoned leadership with young, passionate staff. And we kind of have all those worlds here, which has made it a great place to do great work. Uh, and then as far as, you know, coming down to understanding the whole student, our advantage is we do all types of university and campus work, uh, whether it's student centers, student housing, student services, uh, what are you, learning environments, dining facilities, uh, so our understanding is way deeper than just fitness, wellness, and active spaces, but I think that plays into a meaningful uh, impact here of, you know, understanding the whole student when we're doing campus recreation. And then I guess lastly, I would touch on uh, makes us a little unique than everyone else is we have 360 staff and 12 office uh, locations. Uh, most firms our size have one or two offices. So uh, our sports and group has um, support, local support in you know, 12 office locations. And then we can continue to draw our national presence across all those offices. So we're closer um, to where the clients and the projects are. So we think that local aspect 
and the national presence is something that makes us very strong. You got it. So I guess for campus rec specifically, um, and there are probably a lot of things you could say, but if you could maybe just talk about, um, you know, you, you, you mentioned four things or four pillars that make you all unique. Um, how that helps or how those things help campus rec directors. Um, I mean, I, I, I think I can connect the dots, but it'd be better if you did it. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, happy to. You know, okay. So what does that mean for me if I'm a director listening to, to Troy right now? Yeah, no, that's great. So if, um, as far as architects without egos, and again, that's probably, you know, that's my simple way of saying it, but, um, we're well-versed in campus rec trends, uh, but we're also very open-minded, uh, I guess is what I mean there. We love to hear new ideas and we, we never pretend that we know everything. Um, so we like to help you know, these campus rec director and our clients um, by bringing our ideas, but listening um, to their ideas so we can come up with new ones together. So that's kind of the open-minded aspect that I think generates better solutions um, as far as that goes. Uh, when we talk about diversity of staff, we, we're very proud that our, the diversity of our staff aligns well with most university students' demographics, mm. um, which allows for a more comfortable and kind of relatable exchange of ideas with each other, mm. um, which leads to a, also leads to better design solutions, which at the end of the day, that's what we're all after. Um, let me see, as far as uh, the whole student approach that I think is important is, is basically that the world of future ready buildings there is about hybrid and flexible facilities. Um, it's what's best for any of these programs. It's a way to do better projects and it's gonna touch base on a little of all those aspects of a building. Um, so again, understanding the whole student and all types of campus facilities helps us see it through a, a larger lens uh, that can then focus on the campus rec components uh, that are desired. Uh, then we mentioned uh, structure of the firm and the size. I believe that the size and, and uh, how we're spread out over 12 locations that uh, I believe our diverse geography allows us to be, again, closer proximity to our clients, uh, but still bring a national perspective. Again, we don't pretend to know everything, uh, but we can bring ideas that we heard from some facilities in Texas uh, while we're doing some in Pittsburgh uh, well, that we can share with a project uh, you know, in Michigan. Uh, again, we're not going to, they're not going to do them all. They all have their own ideas, but we can kind of give some perspective to what others are doing to help, uh, you know, facilitate the conversation to get to the best, best program and, and best end result. Very good. In terms of bottom line impact, I um, mean, you know, Campus Rec is a little bit different in that they have different drivers. Um, you know, one, one big one is student engagement. Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, um, you know, they look for cost savings when they can. Um, again, it's a little bit different. Um, so just in terms of, you know, bottom line impact, and there are probably a lot of different things you could talk about. I guess if you could maybe um, tell the audience how um, Moody Nolan does that for Campus Rec. Yeah, sure. So I guess for my mind, when we talk bottom line, I, it tends to get into, I would say, three maybe four categories. Uh, the first one would be when it comes to dollars and cents is construction costs and operation costs is a bucket. Um, I would put another bucket to be, you know, recruitment and enrollment impact, which is probably 
the larger one, but probably the most intangible. Right. And then third, I would say, you know, programs that create revenue for this facility once they open without sacrificing uh, the campus recreation aspect. Um, so as far as construction costs, <laughs> that's a that's a wild question these days that there's um, construction costs all, all across the country are all over the place. I believe they're settling down now. Cost certainty is getting a little more under control with inflation coming down, but it's, you know, that's a balance of many factors. Uh, you, know, you got the campus context and site, uh, which is usually the exterior materials and massing. Um, the design impact of what, you know, whatever architect that is, is working here, what they bring, uh, that's what makes your project unique. Um, and then maximizing the active and passive programming of the building. Square footage of the building determines a lot of the costs. So basically right sizing the building is a big one as far as you know what impacts the bottom line. Uh, when it comes to operations, you know, obviously, like most of most any organization, personnel and professional staff are the biggest costs. So whatever you can do to create layouts that optimize operational staff required. Uh, to facilitate, but a lot of these facilities are getting very large. Um, so you go into some decentralized um, offices to allow for more coverage and less staff. Um, obviously, a big one on their mind for operation costs are, you know, utilities, maintenance, supplies. Those are just, you know, things that we need to pay attention to and dealing with utilities uh, that, that, that starts to align with high-performance, energy-efficient, and sustainable buildings, best practices that we, you know, should, should all be integrating into our building designs with, you know, the primary focus on energy and water. Um, that's a whole different topic in itself. But, you know, if you do it right, it should impact uh, the utilities, uh, energy draw, and basically the overall operation costs. I guess bucket two was uh, what I mentioned, uh, recruiting, enrollment. I mean, these buildings are a true asset uh, for universities. They're very popular. They're heavily utilized on every campus. There's a lot of touch points with the students, which allows the university to, you know, share their brand, engage students to be better, um, to impact their lives, and, and, you know, to generate those healthy habits that last for the rest of their life. So, again, these buildings are are impactful. And I guess if you're going to try to keep it to the dollars and cents part, that student recruiting, most people look for this student rec center pretty close to going to the campus to see and to impact where they're going to go, because that's where they're going to spend their time. Right. And then as far as programming, you know, we always look to try to make spaces flexible. You know, where a club and intramural sports going to be, you know, there's some, some of these universities have very large club and intramurals that they all pay to, you know, use some of the gyms, uh, campus events, sometimes they share, sometimes they don't, uh, you know, they can host wellness workshops, you know, fraternities and sororities, uh, Greek life can, you know, rent the climbing walls for certain events. So those things can help generate revenue, but it, the goal is obviously not to impact the larger campus rec community uh, so they can simultaneously use the building. So that comes into smart design and zoning the building early on in design, so those separations can happen uh, together. Since 1982, award-winning design firm Moody Nolan has been a leader in the design of collegiate recreation and wellness facilities. The firm has been nationally recognized for its innovative design and functional solutions to meet client goals. And you may not be able to share um, 
school names or campuses specifically, but do you have maybe, I don't know whether it's anecdotal or just an example of, um, you know, a way um, Moody Nolan has impacted the bottom line in the past? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I would assume that every project, every project we do should speak to the three categories we just talked about above. That, that should be a part of just smart quality design process. Um, you got to be able to answer to all those um, through the design to make sure it's it's doing the right thing. Uh, that should go on for any project, but we always look right now. Our priority is on maximizing square footage. Uh, every square foot of a building is critical these days. Every square foot has a dollar amount associated with it. Uh, and in my opinion, should be very intentionally designed and programmed. Because again, every square foot, there shouldn't be anything that's left un unutilized at the end of the day. Um, so we take a lot of attention uh, to make sure every square foot has a primary and secondary use, if, if not more, um, which starts to mean that hybrid and flexible facilities are, are now critical. Um, you know, a facility, for example, would be rec play by day and murals by the evening and have an event on the weekend, for example. Um, that's how every square foot's intentional and utilized. Um, we are currently doing a design, for example, at, uh, at Michigan State Rec. We're in schematic design, so we're still early on, but we've had a lot of conversations about um, how do we reduce the typical circulation efficiency in a building so we can maximize the active program square footage because again that's what students use um, so we've come up with a courtyard uh, design configuration uh, which has reduced uh, the typical building circulation by uh, a pretty good percentage um, and that courtyard itself uh, not only do we save square footage on circulation but uh, the courtyard is our you know sense of place uh, students on campus that we've spent time with on community engagements want spaces where there's natural daylight and the connection to the rest of the campus, knowing it's an Arboretum campus. Um, so we kind of brought that into the core, uh, which starts to speak to student recruitment. You know, if there's a place that students, it's highly desirable uh, to be, is not only going to draw them to the facility, but it's going to make them want to come to the university in the first place. And I guess more importantly to me is that it creates a sense of place to kind of drive these health and wellness focused initiatives, uh, which is kind of the whole point here. Very good. What are some things maybe that you haven't mentioned that um, either challenges or trends uh, that Moody Nolan can help campus rec with? <laughs> that campus trends pro is, is always, there's a, I've probably done 20 presentations on campus trends over my career, which is funny to look back on, actually. Um, but I guess what I've learned from doing those is, is that it's an evolution. Um, the traditional uh, rec spaces that we're all used to are still very desirable by students. Uh, you know, the, the gyms, uh, the multi-activity courts, uh, the turf areas, uh, you know, fitness, whether it's functional fitness or, you know, the traditional fitness of weights, free weights, selectorized, uh, multi-purpose rooms, those are all essence of these facilities, but they're evolving over time on you know, what they're doing. So there's definitely, I guess, smaller trends to make them better and more engaging spaces. Uh, Technology is making a big difference, um, but trends is a deep topic for sure. Um, but again, I like to think of it more of an evolution, um, but I guess as far as what some 
bigger trends would be would be now it's clearly the focus is on the whole kind of the whole body uh, mind and body i guess some say is key um, and that every space should have um the focus on that uh, as well as you know back to what you mentioned about every space should have uh, flexibility and that hybrid use um, you know so every space has a primary and secondary if not more use so again, between mind and body and making sure everything's flexible, those trends start to impact the layout of these facilities um, to be a little more dynamic. Um, some, some ones we can see that have been challenging around the fence, I guess many will probably relate to is racquetball and squash courts have over the last couple of years been a lot lower on the student priority list. Um, and most recent ones that we've done, they've actually been cut from the final program. Uh, but this always depends on what other campus amenities uh, that everyone has. But again, uh, you know, racquetball and squash, whether it's conversion squash or, or volleyball, all those seem to find their way uh, lower down on the list. So maybe that's a, a trend that's slowly getting smaller. Uh, we're definitely seeing bouldering walls, uh, which is part of the climbing environment. Bouldering walls are continuing to be desired in a growing program uh, in our current facilities. We still have climbing walls, which is vertical, obviously, but the bouldering area uh, is becoming a lot more desirable because of you know, the risk management and the ability for more beginners to take on a uh, climbing um, program and to learn something new. Well, I think the, I think the racquetball and squash thing is probably generational. Um, it could be. As much as anything. But we've, we've done we've done many that have them and many that don't. It's it's kind of a university preference, and it is based on the community. If there's a lot of faculty and staff, we got a lot of racquetball and squash. But right, um, there are club sports though in those, so that you, they're likely you will need some on campus. It's just should it be in the central uh, campus recreation facility, or is there another facility that's more economic to house them? And you know, as far as technology goes, lastly, that you know, this idea of technology, everybody's talking about technology and how is it going to make our lives better and our recreation environments better. And it has in a in a big part, you know, we have building automation systems that are smart that control sensors that turn lights off and on. Um, but as, as far as it comes to actual rec programming, uh, you know, esports takes off, and that's where a lot of the conversation is. But what I'd like to see more of and what we're trying to integrate more into our facilities is this notion of the simulators, uh, whether it's a golf simulator, which most can relate to, but these golf simulators all come programmed to also do hockey, uh, frisbee golf, uh, soccer. Um, there's all kinds of other, you know, skill-based active simulators that can help bridge between, you know, physical machines uh, to simulations about, you know, that may be a little more fun. Maybe those become other in between passive and active rec, but uh, something that we're starting to see more of those integrated into our facilities, which I think is adds a lot of interest. Very good. If there was one thing, Troy, that um, you, know, you hadn't talked about that you think is important for our listeners to know that maybe they don't know is not obvious, uh, what would that be? Interesting. So we talked a lot about what I think makes Moody Nolan unique. Um, so I guess I would add to that if one thing would be that um, in 2022, Moody Nolan was named one of the most innovative architecture firms by Fast Company. Um, so I guess the point of that would be we're more than just 
architects, interiors, uh, designers, but we also have integrated uh, environmental uh, design and graphics and branding studio designers. We have a high performance group to focus on those key sustainability items down to carbon studies. Uh, we also have development and construction advisors. There's a lot more to us as a firm. Uh, we're not just an architecture firm. We're, we're we kind of go into this innovative architecture firm and we're always willing to go the extra mile and look for things that make a project more uh, and innovative. So I think that was, that's something I could add there that most probably won't know. That's good. What about future plans? Uh, maybe short term, so next I don't know, 12 to 24 months and then longer term, maybe you know three to five years um, and out. Uh, if you could give our audience some sneak peek into, in, in, into the future uh, for Moody Nolan. Well, what does that look like? Yeah, great question. Well, I don't know if we can plan three years in the future anymore. <laughs> five years, I think we're, we're down to uh, a year at best and retool. But, uh, you know, fortunately for Moody Nolan, we've come a long way in the last few years as a firm. Uh, in 2021, we were the AIA National Firm Award uh, there's less less than 60 firms in the entire country in the history of architecture um, in the AIA that that's been awarded. So we were the 2021 recipient, uh, which has been great, and we're grateful for that. Um, over the last year, we've grown over 100 new staff. And every time I say that, it, it scares me a little bit, but it's, it's needed because of the, the projects we've been taking on and the growth we've had. Um, so again, we're over 360 people in 12 offices, um, which has helped us reach and do more. Um, we've just passed our 40th um, Moody Nolan anniversary, um, which has been great. Um, so 40 years we've been doing this. And what is uh, something I like to point out that health and wellness and recreational sports has always been in our DNA. Our founder uh, was a former college athlete. Um, so from day one, uh, the sports and recreation practice was born, I guess, the day he founded the company. So there's a lot of history here. And, and it, you know, I'm just grateful to be a part of that 40 years later. Uh, so as far as the future, uh, we're going to continue. Um, we're not taking our foot off the gas. Uh, we're going to continue to grow and expand our reach. Uh, we're looking forward to new clients and working with other design professionals uh, across the country. Uh, we're kind of we operate pretty much anywhere. Um, so we're going to continue to, I guess I would say, smart growth and keep the initiatives that we've had in place to grow as we have and, and to keep doing that uh, and keep looking for more amazing projects. Good stuff. Troy, if our listeners want to contact you uh, directly or the company, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, well, first of all, I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you today. Um, for sure, uh, I'd love to hear more feedback uh, of, of whatever form that would be and to partner with you. So I guess if you go to our website, everyone has a website, and I guess ours is currently uh, being updated. Uh, but there's a there's a click button that says partner with us. Um, and you can add my name in the notes, uh, whether you're a client, uh, direct director, another architect looking to team, we're, we're open and we believe collaboration makes every, all outcomes better. Uh, so feel free to hit partner with us, or you can send me an email directly at tsherard at moodynolan.com. Uh, I'd be happy to connect. 
Troy, thanks for joining me on the Campus Rec podcast today. Uh, I wish you and Moody Nolan continued success in the future. Sure. Thanks, Rico. I appreciate the, the opportunity to talk.